Welcome to Grace Notes. Today, Barbara Sandbeck concludes her series from 2 Chronicles chapters 19 and 20, entitled, The Battle's Not Yours, It's the Lord's. So far, we've seen how God allowed adversity to turn the wayward people of Judah back to himself. He then placed Jehoshaphat on the throne. This godly king exhorted the people to fear and honor God. Peace reigned in the land for a while, but then the surrounding kingdoms threatened to attack them. Jehoshaphat immediately sought the Lord for help and directed the people to do the same. We left the story with Jehoshaphat praying and waiting for a word from the Lord. Let's see how it turned out. King Jehoshaphat did a lot of things right. His prayer is the model of how we should pray in our times of need. It's similar to the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus prayed many centuries later. Let's compare portions of it. He prayed, O Lord, God of our Father, are you not the God who is in heaven? Or, Our Father, which art in heaven. You rule over all the kingdoms and the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Or, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Or give us this day our daily bread, deliver us from evil. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Or, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. The key elements of this prayer are to acknowledge God's position first. Address him in the place he resides. Be in awe of his power. Become aware of his provision and protection. And ascribe to him the glory due his name. It's evident by his prayer that King Jehoshaphat wanted God's will. We all want God's will, don't we? Or do we? The more I thought about it, the more I realized that I only want God's will when it agrees with mine. King David even prayed to want to want God's will. By nature, I tend to develop solutions to problems before I pray. Different plans, even. Plan A, plan B, and sometimes plan C, so God won't disappoint me. I send the solutions up to God and ask Him to pick one and bless it. It works, as long as He chooses one of the ones you send, but it's sure tough when He sends back plan D, none of the above. Well, I know King Jehoshaphat truly wanted God's will by the way he prayed. The last statement in his prayer is, We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, period. There is no solution presented here. God's ways are not our ways, and I am grateful that they aren't. There's rarely ever a straight-line solution from where we are to where we need to be, and there's lots of scenery along the way if we choose to let him have his way. In the process, there may be a few changed hearts, maybe your own. Jehoshaphat spent time in God's presence, and he gave him the answer he needed. And I want you to put yourself in this. The Lord said, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army or trial for us. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. You'll not have to fight this battle. 
Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Go out to face them, and the Lord will be with you. Now, if I were Jehoshaphat, I may have thought, I'm a soldier, Lord. Soldiers fight. You want me to get all dressed up and watch? They need me. (laughs) Aren't we like that? We feel we always have to be doing something. Well, if God tells you to let him do the fighting, you'd better listen or you'll muddy the waters. God did have them participate, though. They were to march against the enemy, take up their positions, stand firm, and look for the Lord's deliverance. This time, though, Jehoshaphat would take a back seat to the captain of the heavenly army. He's the captain of the heavenly army. Praise him, oh, praise him. My defender, no foe can harm me. Praise him, oh, praise him. Sheltering me in a mighty fortress. Praise him, oh, praise him. Holy is he, merciful and righteous. Praise him, oh, praise him. Make a joyful noise. I will rejoice till the mountains and the valleys ring. Strengthen all those who praise Him, praise Him, oh praise Him. He's the rock of my salvation, praise Him, oh praise Him. Every voice and every nation, praise Him, oh praise Him. Make a joyful noise, I will rejoice. Till the mountains and the valleys ring, I will rejoice. Till the depths of my soul can sing. was serving the Lord. Why the trouble? It just doesn't seem fair. But Matthew 5.45 says, It rains on the just as well as the unjust. God didn't withhold suffering from His only Son. Who do we think we are? Then what difference does it make to be a child of God? The difference is that we have unlimited access to the Almighty God of the universe for help. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But so often we want to fix, not grace, and we turn it back to God and have our own little pity parties and say, 
I don't deserve to feel bad. Oh, God in his long-suffering puts up with this for a while. But there's a time, and we know when. We need to stop pouting, face the problem, take what he gives us, and go through it. We'll never see victory or the blessing God is in store until we do it his way. Jehoshaphat obeyed. He bowed his face to the ground and set the example. All the people followed and fell down in worship. The Levites stood and praised the Lord in a very loud voice. (laughs) We only do that at sporting events. Notice that they praised before the victory because they believed. They appointed singers to go out in front of the army singing, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Why did they do that? Well, because the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. If you're not feeling his presence, try praising him. As they sang and as they praised, the Lord sent ambushes against the invaders, and the invaders destroyed each other. When the people came to the place, they saw only dead bodies. None had escaped. There was so much plunder. That's the goodies. It took them three days to carry it away, which tells me that when we let God do it his way, there will be blessings we just never figured on. The fourth day, they returned joyfully to the temple to praise the Lord. Why? Because obedience brings joy. The fear of God came upon all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against their enemies. And if they had intervened, it wouldn't have been obvious that it was God's doing. And I like this one. The Lord gave the kingdom peace on every side. Because there's always a time of rest and peace after a successful testing. We'll all go through trials. In John 16:33, Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but fear not. I have overcome the world. And when we're in Christ, we can say with Paul in Romans 8:37, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Oh, I realized a wonderful truth from this story. Before every great blessing, there's going to be a faith test. And if we're not willing to trust and obey God, we'll miss out on the tremendous blessing he has in store. One day, believers will share in the plunder from a victorious war we never had to fight. We're heirs to Christ's throne and His riches and glory. And when He comes, there'll be no more battles, no need for faith or even prayers. What a day that will be. Oh,
Thanks for joining the program. If you've been blessed, please write to us at GraceNets, Care of Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland 21047, or email us through our website at www.sandbeckministries.com. Join us again on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise. Thank you.